All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Daily Face-Off Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 7, Episode 29 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. We've got Dylan D. Berthium to my right, Michael Biebs Bondi to my left. How's it going, gentlemen? Doing good. Um, unfortunately, I think we're doing better than you, Brock. <laughs> yeah, how are um, you doing, Brock? Yeah, yeah. we want to ask you how you, you're doing. Um, we had to delay this episode, everyone, a few times. We apologize. So, Brock, why? Why did you know? Why do, we've had to postpone happen? a lot of episodes over the years, and I this can safely say we've reason. never had a more legitimate reason. Yeah. By the time we were actually going to record the podcast, uh, Brock's road was actually closed off. So. Yeah, we could not get there. Why was it closed off, Brock? Well, I mean, quick story, I guess. But uh, our, <laughs> I live on a farm, right. family farm. Yeah, sure. And uh, I was I was out at the at the bar just having a beer with my dad last night. And classic farm life. Um, I get a text message from my buddy, and it says, "Dude, I think your house is on fire." Uh-huh. And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> sure. That's a text message, right? So and I, Brock's house isn't really near other houses. So like, if you, if, if 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 a house is on fire, he's gonna get the right one. Yeah. Um, likely. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, my house is on fire. Uh, so I call my wife. She doesn't answer. So then I'm like, my house is definitely on fire. My wife is in it. Um, luckily, she called me back pretty quickly. And the nice. house was not nice on fire. But us. our barn, uh, our big barn in the backyard, was in fact on fire. Yeah. When and you called and said your barn was on fire, I thought it was like a metaphor for like you had some spicy food. Yeah, no, it was like, your classic barns on fire situation. Yeah, like I was like, huh, how do I how do I approach this one? Um, but also like didn't really kick in like, holy shit, we got a big old flame going. Um, but yeah, that's an event. It was an eventful night. Yeah. Uh, the, the conversation was, our text conversation was pretty funny. Well, I called you guys right away. I'm like, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to do a podcast. And I, <laughs> but like, I didn't even know what I was really walking into either. Um, and then I got home and it was, it was full inferno. Yeah, very much yeah. a fire. Based we asked on the, if uh, everything was okay and we got a picture of a, just a massive barn fully engulfed in flames. It so. looked like out of a, like, I didn't know fires could actually look like that. Like, yeah, me either. Never seen a real fire up in, you know, that close and. It was shit. Like it was. It was definitely a shitty, uh, shitty night. Did not sleep at all. Not um, the same as the old gasoline fires you used to have when you grew up as kids. Not not the. No, not the no. Same it size. was. It was. It was massive. A little bit bigger. It was wow. a big ass barn. Yeah. And there was a lot of a lot of stuff in there. So. Was but nobody great, got hurt. Yeah. Nobody Pour got hurt. Yeah, like the house was, is fine. Yeah. yeah, that was the main concern. No right? It was just animals, like right? podcast nope, studio nope. untouched. Yep. Yeah, that's the biggest part. Yeah. We used to have cattle. 
Um, we don't anymore, so no animals were harmed. But not the... because of last night. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We used to have cattle years ago. We don't anymore. No cattle were harmed in yeah. the in the inferno that was. But yeah, so it was funny because like I feel like like you said, we've canceled uh, plenty of podcasts in in years past due to what we would call unforeseen circumstances. Most of it was just laziness, <laughs> but this one was also determined as unforeseen circumstances but a little bit more serious than the uh, the average yeah, podcast no, we, cancellation uh, we tried to put an episode on but there's just too many sirens so we decided to call it off we wanted to give people a show that bad we were trying to do it yeah but brock just you know yeah i didn't think it was a great idea um yeah. well once they set the barricades up that kind of yeah. sealed said, i had, hey, to, I had to run what? like i had to run like a kilometer just to get to my house they wouldn't even let me i'm like dude i live there they're like we can't there's like I'm more surprised. There's like hoses that. across the road. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Like, I guess whatever that makes sense. Yeah, but sure. I'm like fucking sprinting. I'm like, this is the worst. But anyways, yeah. um, you know, still a fancy hockey podcast. At the end of the day, so let's get into that. Um, one of my favorite episodes of the year. I always, obviously, the trade deadline. Oh, it's is, a fire show. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> absolute heat episode, dude. <laughs> Jesus Murphy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like the trade deadline. Obviously, this year just as exciting as is in years past. Uh, some big names on the move. Um, so this is kind of just the episode where we go back, recap the trade deadline, all the moves that were, talk about how uh, how kind of it will affect all of the players involved, um, not only the players that were traded, but players that were on the teams that acquired players or lost players who will see a bump or uh, or you know decrease in fantasy value. So we can all admit, fun trade deadline. It was a fun yeah. trade deadline. It was like they were they were nice enough to just drop deals like conveniently every twenty minutes, like for a little bit. And then out. of course they always just have that shit show. Yeah, like. it happens. And we got a nice couple days before too, so it was like usually you yeah. know you get one couple or the weeks other, almost. But we got a uh, we got a little bit of both. So That's usually the case too, right? The biggest pieces usually move before deadline day. Yeah, so. yeah, like Toffoli, then Manson. I feel like there was another one that I'm missing, yeah. but Drew? the second Drew got that well, in a that thousand. One, yeah game in philly it was he was like already out of there he already sprinted out the door ripped off his tracksuit made his gritty r.i.p video it was pretty funny actually because um like a lot of the talk like even on our show about a month ago we had talked about colorado like that was kind of the rumor and all that and we were we were messaging um with frank saravalli and just kind of asking him, like, you know, what would he thought of, like, the whole situation? And, and he said that he's like, like, but you guys can't say anything because it's, you know, he's like, but between, between me and you or whatever, like, I don't think Drew basically wants to go to Colorado. Um, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, like, nobody really couldn't reported that. Um, and then when it, it came out that basically he had, he had said, like, I'm only going to go to Florida. Like, he made it kind of. Yeah. And apparently the Panthers knew that, which I'm a little skeptical, skeptical of given the return, but. I mean, yeah. I guess the, the they, decision is still either tied. you give this up yeah. to get Giroux or you don't, right? Yeah. So. yeah. And I think, like, realistically, like, a lot of people were, were kind of dragging the Flyers a little bit too, saying, like, the return wasn't as good as what we saw from, from some lesser players. But at the, at the end of the day, your hands are tied, your hands are tied in that situation. Like, there's only one team you can really go to. Yeah. Not a team either that really yeah. has, like, an incredibly deep prospect pool either. Also, like, I think they're valuing Giroux as almost a point-per-game player. We're talking about a guy that's 42 points in 57 games. Like, he's not... Yes, he's Claude Giroux, but, like, Alex Kerfoot has 44 in the same amount of time. Like, you're kind of, I don't know, it's people kind of almost are treating him like he's this Claude Giroux of five years ago that they're getting, and, you know, it's not the same thing. So, I don't know. seemed like a good haul there, haul-ish. I mean, their hands were tied. He gave him one team, and you kind of got to make make uh, lemon lemonade with your lemons, your Claude lemons. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Claude Lemons. Okay, yeah. Uh, speaking of Claude Giroux, that's, that's where we'll start today's show. He was really one of the biggest names moved at the trade deadline, but obviously we'll get to um, all of the other big moves as well. But um, I think the one thing that's nice about kind of the way we always kind of have approached this trade deadline um, episode is, is the fact that we usually record our episodes on Thursday, like we are right now, mm-hmm. and it gives us a couple days to see how things shake out as opposed to the immediate reaction and kind of trying to guess how everything's going to happen. Uh, so we've seen Claude Giroux um, picked up a point on like his second shift as a Florida Panther tonight, um, and those shifts at the moment at 5v5 are coming on the top line, on the wing with Alexander Barkov and Carter Verhege. Um and, and, you know, we talked about how if he had been potentially moved to Colorado, that it would probably be a situation where his fantasy appeal would actually have decreased, more likely going to be playing a bottom six role. Uh, but going to Florida, there is really not a better landing spot that he could have found himself in than in Florida, landing with Alexander Barkov. And 
At the same time, I mean, at this point in the season, it doesn't really matter, right? You can't pick Alexander Barkov up off the waiver wire or trade for him or anything, but this certainly helps him as well. He's never really played with a player as good as Claude Giroux outside of his, you know, the time that he spent with Jonathan Huberdeau in the past, but he really, like we've said before, hasn't played with Huberdeau a whole lot in the last couple seasons. So this is a huge move playing with a great playmaker in Claude Giroux, and it's going to help Barkov, and I certainly think it'll help Carter Verhage as well. And uh, so, yeah, Verhage, I think, is a guy that needs to be... Uh, uh, looked out on the waiver wire. If he's still available in your league, Giroux certainly as well. Uh, obviously, the own percentages for both has climbed a little bit in the recent days, but yeah, Giroux I think is at seventy eight, and Verhage's at uh, fifty nine currently. So probably just That's in probably shallower leagues, or yeah. uh, but you never know. This time of year, obviously, people get desperate, and and sometimes they have to cut bait with guys that they'd normally like to hold on to to kind of um, you know win the win the matchups this late in the year, depending on your situation. But yeah, you know we. I know we talked about Giroux um, in one of our shows leading up to the deadline uh, as obviously, you know, one of the bigger, if not the biggest names that was likely to get moved. Uh, and we we literally said Florida would be the best case scenario, right? And it was it was tough looking at all the possible landing spots for him and finding a place where, you know, it could really boost his yeah. fantasy value. Maybe Minnesota was the other one. Yeah, just because he was playing as much as, as, as he was in, in Philly, right? And obviously just the way it works, contending teams don't normally have 19 minutes to hand a guy uh, in mid-March, but... Uh, obviously this is a, an exception to that because Barkov has been making do with some, you know, some discount, um, wingers for, you know, the better parts of two seasons now. So yeah, we've seen him, uh, you know, get a ton of production and make, you know, some guys really fantasy relevant, uh, that have nowhere near the, the skill or the upside of Claude Drew, even at this age. Um, you know, I, I'd still be surprised if he gets back to the point production that he showed, obviously, even as recently as three or four years ago, because it has been a consistent now three seasons of him kind of playing around that 55, 60 point pace. There's no real, like, you know, yeah. nothing in the underlying numbers that it's shows like bottom of your roster. He's been too. unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. But obviously now uh, putting a guy like that on a top line and top a power great power play well. unit. Yeah. With a guy like Barkov, um, he can get close to it, I think. And, and certainly if he's hot enough, could certainly, you know, sustain something close to a point a game down the stretch. Yeah. And what so- it's worth two, uh, two assists, four shots on goal in 14 and a half minutes Ooh. tonight with um, still five minutes left in the game. Yeah, that's the other thing too, right? Still shoots the puck a ton, three shots a game in Philly this year. Um, but yeah, that was our one concern is that there's not a lot of landing spots for him where he's still going to get that same amount of ice time. Uh, potentially has that in Florida and definitely has uh, obviously a lot better help surrounding him now. So Yeah, and one of those guys, you know, could be fueled by that move. I mean, it's been kind of stale in Philly for years, so who knows? A little bit of, a little bit of spark out there in a new city could be great. Another thing, too, here is Sam Reinhart fans might be freaking out a little bit, but what we saw the other day, um, a five-forward power They play went with unit, it today, too. Um, and they did go with it today, which you love to see if you're a Reinhardt fan. And that makes enough for you just to, I think, hang on to him for now. At least wait and see what happens. You know, he could be in that Verhage spot by a week from now. Could not be. But at the same time, if he's on that power play, um, there is four other weapons that are absolutely yeah, well, phenomenal out there. So I think you got you to gotta hang on to him. Plus, we've seen that line go deep. Mason Marchman's a weapon. He's a guy who's putting up random hat-tricks left and right. So um, it's That's their guy, line, especially when they get Lundell yeah, back. It'll be yeah, just as You can totally afford to hang on to him, so don't freak out if you're and, a Sam Reinhardt fan. I know that that's happening. And so. we've seen five-man power plays been toyed with, especially in Florida before. I think Bugner actually did it in Florida mm-hmm. originally. But it just it makes a lot of sense right now. Like Now that Ekblad's hurt, like you look at their back end, right? And it's Chir- Chirot, uh, Uyghur, Forsling, Gudas, Haig, Montour. Solid defenseman, but n- no nobody's one ever, nobody's has ever. ever been a power play specialist no. in their career at all. So it makes sense that yeah. they would try this obviously Uyghur, i think forestling played some power play time in chicago back in the day uh montour as well uh but yeah they're not ideal and you know obviously nowhere near the same level as you know aaron ekblad that you're gonna get on the power play so it makes sense with all the depth up front that they would at least try it out so uh yeah we'll see where it goes yeah, don't freak out sam reinhardt owners because i mean at this point you've probably been through a lot up and well, down that's the thing, right? when you got three forwards like huberto barkov and reinhardt that are you know three of the best two-way forwards skaters in the game uh, you can probably afford to get away with, you know, leaving five forwards out there at a time, but we'll see. The other thing I just, the on the other side of this trade was Owen Tippett going back to the Flyers. Um, yeah. I, like, again, this is a guy that had, like, a lot of talk about him, a lot of chatter about him as a top prospect, you know, for the last few years, never really developed. Guy with a really good shot. Um, and landing in Philadelphia, I think in really deep leagues, he might be worth a look here just down the stretch as a streaming option and stuff. Uh, How great he played is that 15 minutes. Yeah, just like red hair, red beard, red jersey, red jersey or orange, I guess. Yeah. But it all looks 
so natural. So if anything, you know, he he rocks the look. He might be the closest player to Grady we've seen since Jakub Voracek out in Philly. Um, sorry, Brock. No, it's just always been a guy that's he's got a really good shot. He also um, has been a guy that has had really consistent shot volume throughout his career. Obviously, in a much much smaller role, playing in a very good Florida team. But like I said, first game in Philly, he only played about 15 minutes, but was on the top power play unit. The second game in, in Philadelphia, he played 18 minutes, was also on the top Ooh. power play unit again. Uh, so overall, no points yet. Two shots on goal in each one of those games, though. And I think that he's a guy that could benefit here down the stretch and might turn into a super deep option or, or a streaming option um, in the deeper leagues yeah. because he, he is a guy with some offensive prowess. Dynasty keeper leagues as, as well, if you're out of it and maybe just have that extra roster spot, couldn't hurt to throw him on there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think he's going to end up being much of a factor in redraft leagues this season, unless you're getting to, you know, maybe 14s, definitely 16 and 20 yeah, yeah. team leagues. Um, but yeah, I'm just really interested in seeing how it plays out and, you know, kind of seeing what he can do, uh, within these last 15 to 20 games. <coughs> Uh, big and, opportunity for him yeah because then obviously we could be looking at him come around next year if he if he does well in this short little um, sample size because yeah he's interesting to me more than anything that he's just never played an expanded role and we talked yeah. about guys with like Trevor Moore earlier this year but it, you just never know when they've never actually gotten the minutes before what they're you know going to be almost the of. exact same situation right very good comparison you, Trevor Moore a guy that went from 13 minutes to 17 minutes a night and offenses exploded for yeah, him yeah and then you know uh, Tippett probably always definitely carried a little bit more pedigree as a prospect too than a guy like Trevor Moore. So uh, yeah, big time. more reason than one to just kind of keep your eye on him. Uh, like I said, if you're in a deeper kind of dynasty league and you have the spot on your roster and you're just looking for um, some decent young guys to pick up that could be options to keep next year, you could throw in a flyer on him and, and see how the see how he does the next 15 to 20 games. Uh, Biebs, the next guy, we'll let you talk about him. You seem a little bit more excited about Ben Sherratt. <laughs> I don't know uh, it was, it was now. Stop now. It was a, a <laughs> move that was... a screenshot of your lineup or a screenshot of your lineup? It was right a... Uh, it was ben Sherratt's in there. It was a move that was dragged all over Twitter. Really a guy that, that played very well in the bubble for the Canadians a season ago, but not really a guy that has um, you know been great. But I think obviously he'll play a little bit more sheltered minutes in, in, in Florida um, and a guy that can help that blue line. Obviously, I think the issue is that they gave up a shitload, but if he helps them get to the Stanley Cup finals, yeah. it really doesn't matter. He brings a little bit more beef to the lineup. But from a fantasy perspective, um, his role was certainly going to diminish until Ekblad got hurt. I think he could play a little bit more minutes now and he could be serviceable. Um, in in leagues that you know count the peripheral stats like block shots or whatever, but sure. outside of that, he's really not going to get the. He was getting top line power play minute usage at, at, at some points this season with Montreal, and he's yeah. certainly not going to get that in Florida. But his top line power play usage with Montreal with their coach that's not Martin St. Louis better than regular just five on five minutes in Florida. I don't know. Um, but no, I'm not that excited about Ben Sherrod. I'll pump the brakes on that train. I did pick him up because. I just have that floating D-man spot in a league, and 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 I got room to just kind of chill for a couple weeks and uh, and wait to see. So if he does work out, then it's great. Um, one point tonight in his first game in the lineup. I mean, that's kind of what I was hoping for. More of a just get the puck up the ace, let the big boys do the work. But again, this guy's never put up more than 21 points in a year. I don't think he's likely to start doing that now. I mean, he is at 19. He's going to maybe push for 25, but if we're talking about fantasy relevance for a 25-point guy, um, then I don't want to see your last place team get them out of my face. Nice. Uh, but no, Ben Schrott, definitely worth the peak. Keep an eye. Um, again, if we're going to talk about how great it is for Sam Reinhardt to be on that power play, then we almost have to talk about how great it isn't for Ben Schrott not to be on there. <laughs> um, that would have been excellent for him. That's honestly why I'm not saying jump the gun, but if you're in a 14-team league, I mean... Give her a little. That's maybe, about maybe as put him in. That's about as much run as Ben Shroud should yeah, ever get. No, speaking of which, it, we, we'll have to check the game report to see if this came with five forwards on the ice. But Sam Reinhardt did just score a power play goal, yep. assisted by Claude Giroux and Jonathan Huberto. Jonathan so Giroux's up to two apples yeah. through two and a half periods uh, of Florida Panther hockey. Yep. He. Uh, it, it's going to oh, be it's a four good... three now too. Good for Montreal. Oh, Bar- Paul Byron, there it is. Just got tweeted. There you go. Um, so that is going to do it for the Florida Panthers additions uh, at the trade deadline. Let's talk about one of the bigger splashes. I do think he's a good defenseman, though, and they needed some help on the back yeah. end. It's just unfortunate there wasn't like... more options available because, like, one, you got to settle for Ben Trot, and two, you have to pay up to get to him. Uh, makes Giordano look all the more valuable for, uh, what was it, two seconds and a third? Yeah, um, it uh, yes. he's one of those guys. Where... And they got Blackwell, which was crazy to yeah. me. We might as well just talk about that deal. We can skip over um, sure, Mark Andre Flurry for a minute, but uh, <laughs> we'll jump the gun. Mark Mark Giordano, I think, is a guy that obviously has had um, a, a ton of success in the past. He's really not a 
a you know the the same player he once was in terms of the mm-hmm. offense that he offers. Um, that's obviously come down quite a bit. But with Rasmus Sandin out of the lineup right now, and Giordano is going to be on the second power play unit, um, and I do think that he can provide a little bit of value. If we're talking about how Biebs has already added uh, Ben Sherratt in a floating D spot, I think that you know I would much rather give uh, somebody like Mark Giordano a spot in that uh, shot in that spot. And, uh, and see what he can do. At- yeah, unfortunately, that league, Mark Giordano, is owned by the only person who doesn't set their lineup. We got, we got a league of guys who, who will pick up uh, you know people at 5 a.m. just to set their lineup, and then we have one team that is putting up five points a night, and he has Gio in, on his back, and that's why we had to go with Sherrod. But DL let you go off on your 39-year-old ex-Norris. Uh, yeah, I was really happy with the addition. Obviously, yeah. it's a fantastic, um, you know, fantastic uh, presence to be able to bring into the locker room at this point in time. Not that he's ever won a cup or anything like that, but one of the classic Terminators of the league. Big yeah. Ball, ball dude. And yeah. how many years did we talk about, you know, TJ Brody and Mark Giordano being the very best pair in hockey. And we yeah. could potentially see them back together once Muzzin uh, is healthy. And that blue line kind of shakes itself out a little bit, but yeah, he's definitely going to be seeing time on that second power play unit. Uh, they had Brody practicing there before they made the move for Giordano, which is just not ideal uh, for a, a multitude of reasons, but um, yeah, so he's going to get some time there. Be interesting to see how much he ends up playing. He played just 18 and a half minutes the other night, um, which is obviously pretty low for him. It would, you know, he's never averaged under 20 since basically, yeah, since 2008, 2009. So pretty much his whole career, he's been at, like know, at least into the low 20s. The yeah. And obviously in his peak, he was playing a lot more than that. So yeah, be interesting to see how much exactly he plays. You know, I don't think he's going to return a whole lot of value, uh, in standard size leagues. Um, you know, even if he's on the second pair, second power play unit, not always uh, a recipe for success, especially in 12-man leagues, but a little bit deeper down the line, uh, for sure, he could potentially give you some value, potentially get spot start if Riley ever misses a game because he's going to be the first candidate to move up to that top unit now. If anything, he is uh, received a big boost in his own personal value just going from Seattle, who doesn't yeah. score at all, to Toronto. And he's from Toronto, if you didn't know. Yep. I think we all heard it once or <laughs> yeah. twice. Over were the there last any PJ little... picks that were posted? No, no PJ shots. What? That's the thing. If you're a kid now, definitely take like a shot and maybe at like half the teams in the league. Yes. And then when you get drafted, just like post it. Everyone's going to watch you because you wore their pajamas yeah. at some I'm point. I'm coming home, so baby. Um, Born yeah. in Windsor, Ontario, just rocking the Arizona Coyotes. They were showing uh, Bieber leaf PJ um, picks last night on the broadcast. See, Bieber got the got Or maybe the it was idea. just bed sheets. I think it was just bed sheets. He's I mean, wearing like his classic purple hoodie on his bed. Like. Grew up in the way, area in the area, so it lines up. Be a Leafs fan. Stratford, um, yeah, close enough. Yeah. All right, let's go back to Mark. They Andre have a Fleury. great junior baseball stadium in Stratford. I used to go there all the time for baseball tournaments. But go on. And the film festival. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's some nice venues at Stratford, Ontario. Go see a Shakespeare play there. Sorry, um, go ahead, Brock. What were you saying? Brock? This feels a little off topic. Yeah, no, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, <laughs> one of the bigger deadline moves uh, this year. He goes from Chicago to Minnesota. Um, Mark Andre shoot suitcase. The the wild got him. Crease was really struggling there for the better part of a month and a half, two months, um, and they felt the need to make this move and. Um, Actually, I bet on the Wild the day they made the on the trade deadline because I was like, you know what, this is going to light a, a fire under Cam Talbot. Crazy Cam Talbot man. went out and posted like a 29 save shutout. And I was like, okay, we like to see that. Same day everyone dropped him in fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. That he was going um, but this is a nice move for Mark Andre for obviously the Blackhawks really struggled this year. Not a very good defensive hockey club. Going to Minnesota, a much sturdier defensive, reliable defensive hockey club. Um, and we've seen what Mark Andre Fleury can do, right? I mean, as for as many bad games as he had this year on your fantasy team, he also had, you know, probably as many 45 save performances where he stopped 45 of 47 and yeah. still had a pretty good night. So um, he's still a, a great goalie underneath that mask coming off the of Vesna. I mean, there's not a whole lot to dislike about this move. I really, really like it from a uh, Minnesota Wild perspective. It's funny the way they were talking about how like Bill Garen and, and Mark Andre Fleury were teammates. Now he's a GM yeah. trading for him. It's right. it's funny how some of that stuff comes. Garen just looks so old yeah, too. Yeah. 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 He, looks so, he, so old he looks so old yeah. compared to. He played Fleury. a more rugged game. <laughs> he looked yeah. old when he played. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, most fantasy teams would already have owned this guy. It's not like he's going to be on the yeah. waiver because you would have had him from before. I think at this point you just got to ride with it, roll with it. Um, it's a dream pay, move yeah. from a fantasy. Absolutely. Just pay attention to daily faceoff a lot more because you know you're going to have to yeah. see is Talbot going is flurry going because we are probably going to see the you know 50 50 split why wouldn't you and your goal is as, as long as talbot's yeah. playing well though i mean your split. goal is average age is 48 well so you I, might as well that's um, the one thing i was gonna them. say like it, it definitely makes them a better team there, there's no doubt about it um but 
were you surprised at all, Brock or, or Beavs, if that they felt the need to make that move, like with Kapanen or Talbot? I mean, you just look at the Leafs in comparison, right? Who are just fine with hoping. I mean, they're yeah, not, probably no, not I, fine with it, but they're fine with hoping that one of Jack Campbell, Peter Morazic, or Eric Chalgren can be yeah. anything consistent down the stretch. You know, I I would have looked at it and felt pretty good about you know one of Talbot or Kapanen coming out of this kind oh, of yeah. recent slump that they're in, especially you know kind of with their. You know, Talbot's history in, in, in particular bouncing back. But. Mike McKenna um, of dailyfaceoff.com, he, he wrote a pretty interesting piece and talked about it a little bit uh, about uh, on the draft day or uh, trade deadline day that if the Wild, I guess, were growing kind of frustrated with Kakinen because he was like just wasn't improving. Like we saw kind of like where he was and, and, and saw this like kind of you know, potentially huge ceiling. And he they know just, he's like, a goalie, right? He just, like, wasn't yeah. really <laughs> yeah, improving. They're aware. Uh, and then eventually, yeah, they must have just got frustrated and said, you know, you know, I actually like the move, like, to to, at least, to, to flip him, too, and get uh, Middleton, I think yeah. was a really nice move as well. He's no, going to be a re- eight fighters. He's a really, no, he's a really solid top four defenseman. Yeah. Uh, and it's an absolute beauty. No, Great eight. stash. Um, I think I think Kakinen's still a good goalie for the future too. I think it's like, a great yeah. trade. He's for the 25 Sharks. years old, and that's what I mean. Like it, goalies are still going to have bad runs, you know, in the middle of the prime of their career. So, and as someone who had to watch Michael Hutchinson go in net in the playoffs um, a couple of years back there when the Avs had, you know, Frank Uz go down, Grubauer go down, um, you almost, you got to kind of at this point have a second solid, solid, solid guy there because. If you're really depending on him and, and he has, you know, anything happens there, especially with guys at this age, we're looking at Talbot, who has been in and out injured almost his whole career, but this year as well, um, you really got to prep for the worst. And I think this is great. It almost, if you were in the Minnesota dressing room, I mean, the Leafs have so many pieces and not to go too deep into that, but you do look at this and you're like, oh my God, like I almost wish that my GM would have made that full push because... Yeah. Just like fantasy hockey, you're doing it to win, um, and you know that window's there. Uh, yeah, I, I, you gotta applaud Minnesota. Like, do what you can. Um, I mean, it's pretty. It's an interesting move, and it's one where I think, as an owner of Flurry, you haven't been getting any value all year, which we could have told you before the season started. Um, but now you might, you know, you might get a little bit more of 920 Flurry that we saw last yeah. year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're looking for a goalie with playoff pedigree, there's you're not gonna find a better one to pick up at the deadline than. Mark Andre Fleury. So, yep, we'll see how it goes. Well, it's uh, you know, good for the flower. He moves to a team. He's going back to the playoffs after getting shit on for the last year and a half. Here we go. Well, okay, so we might as well talk about another goalie who got moved at the deadline because apparently Scott Wedgwood's the greatest goalie in the NHL. The whole We're time just I was watching. talking there, Brock was just flipping shit. He's made forty-four saves against the Hurricanes tonight, and he's made just so many big <laughs> saves in overtime. And he's a guy that really had a really strong like last month playing for the Coyotes of all teams. Um, and now he goes to Dallas, who, you know, has been riding Jake Ottinger harder than any goal in the league for the last month. So if Wedgwood puts together any performances like this, I mean, you know, it's hilarious. It's going to be the greatest spot start in the world. Goalie episode. We're talking about Dallas and, like, why do they have all these goalies? They're so deep. What are they going to do with all these goalies? Trade deadline episode. We're talking about them picking up Scott fucking Wedgwood. Yeah, I know. Isn't it funny? They've well, lost everybody. What a world, Ben Bishop fellas. retires. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Dobin, out for the year. Braden Holpe, very hurt. Yep. Maybe out for the year. He got a nice ovation in Washington, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's move along a little, bit, a little bit quicker here. A couple wingers that got moved. We first got Ricard Raquel going to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ricky Rax. So, yeah, like Raquel's a guy that we've liked on the show for a while. Obviously, sure. he's had a pretty yeah. good year this year playing with Trevor Zegras. I don't um, like him pretty, anymore. Pretty inconsistent. It's going to be interesting because... I, I was in two leagues where he got picked up instantly after this trade. Silly. And then dropped instantly because he played on the third line. Smart. Which I was pretty surprised that that's where they put him in the lineup. But yeah. we'll There's see no where... Room. It, There's no not, room. They're so deep. I, 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 I agree with you to a certain extent. I just don't know how long like somebody like Danton Heinen or Evan Rodriguez is going to yeah. stay in that top six. Like they make more sense. They fit much better into the bottom six than Raquel does. Exactly. So I, Raquel I think... just, it made so much sense when I saw that, like it's just the classic move that the pens would make at the deadline, picking mm-hmm. yeah. up, uh, you know, a top six winger Bill and just plugging him in, yeah. plugging him in next to Sid. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, th- I do think eventually he gets there. Right. And I don't think they make that trade 
Like the GM doesn't make that trade with the intention of putting Raquel on the third line. So. No, I, I think the reason they did it was because that top line with Rodriguez has been clicking lately. Um, well, it's just a depth and, piece. And, and they're just, yeah. they're trying to get Russ and Malkin back together and kind of, That's you know, what I mean, that re- team just gets better with Heinen, yeah. with Heinen and Rodriguez. They really didn't have to give up a lot either. Why not put, you know... No, Gauss they really didn't give up a lot at all. Nothing. Two, two, that's two, what happens when you wait till 3.30 to make the... Hell yeah, that's how you I get can't remember Or you could get Dadanov. Not. No, that's wild. That what was a insane. situation. You hate to see it happen to Vegas, though. Darn. Yeah. Darn. Couldn't Darn. have happened to a better... Couldn't have happened to a more team-abusing, more deserving term team. IR ever. Well... Did you see the thing now? Tampa Bay. Yeah. 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 But now, kinks. they got to bring either Alec Martinez or Mark Stone off the long-term IR. Well, there's talk <laughs> about there's talk about them potentially trading him, because you can still trade a guy after deadline, the deadline, yeah. but he just can't play can't in the play playoffs. playoffs. So if he goes yeah. to Arizona, it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so that was I, I do Poor think that, I think Ricard Raquel probably moves up the lineup eventually. I think it it is probably a matter of yeah. time. Just um, wouldn't be jumping the gun, um, like yeah, like if you've yeah. got kind of just a the roster spot, I think it's worth the you know maybe the gamble right now because obviously if he's a guy that lands with Sidney Crosby, even if he lands with Evgeny Malkin, obviously there's one spot's better than the other. But yeah. um, yeah. if he lands with Sidney Crosby, I mean he could he could have a just tremendous and next yeah, like let's weeks. not kid our it's not the spot it used to be Sidney Crosby's wing right. Like, he's been insanely good. yeah, been so good. He's been yeah. insanely good. Yeah, but I mean, just like his wingers haven't exactly turned to fantasy gold like it, like they used to. Rusty. Um, but yeah, they've been good, obviously, right? And, and it's it, it's been reliable. And obviously, when you have um, when you have a guy with the offensive upside, Lurkel, just the prospect of him playing alongside Crosby is exciting. Especially if Gensel's on that other win, that's a that's a nice looking line. I can't remember who tweeted it today, but somebody said that. Since he came back, Sidney Crosby's on like a 116 point pace. <laughs> so he's okay. Should be insane, he's baby. Back. Yeah, he's Sid been incredible. Um, another nice. Wing addition was Frank Vetrano going from the Florida Panthers to the New York Rangers. Friend of the show. The um the it's funny Panthers how like Florida were, doesn't have room for him, but the Rangers do. Um, well, well, the Pan- the Rangers have tons of tons of cap room, and that's all they really. I mean, they obviously added Cop, who we'll talk about in a second as well. Um, so they added some nice pieces. That's what happens when your first round picks bust out for like five years in a row. You really don't have to pay anyone. Yeah, and New York's just, been and, like notorious overpays. <laughs> you need to add some wingers because you're, you, the guys you drafted just really didn't work out yet. Um, so yeah, Vetrano is an interesting case. Like D said, friend of the show, uh, guy that shoots a ton, never really has played a whole lot. Um, comes into New York, has started with um, Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom. Hasn't done a whole lot, um, but then in practice today, they shuffled things around and Andrew Kopp actually skated with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin and Frank Vitrano moved to the top line with uh, Mika Zibanejad to see it. and Chris Kreider. So, I love how it only took like eight years in a trade for Frank, Frank Vitrano to finally get a look on a on a top line. So. Yes, I bet it lasts like half a period too because that, that the way that team shuffles lines <laughs> eight shots on goal in four games one goal to show for he's played 15 and a half minutes a night which is up three minutes a night from what he was seen in florida where he was also a healthy scratch every now and again frankie as v. well so uh a nice move for frankie v you are um i i think he's a real nice like deep league 12 team yeah. and uh, league target right and now. then yeah like just a great spot, spot start, start yeah, yeah, if he's if he is on that top line, like for sure. Because you know he's going to shoot, and you know, like, yeah, he's got some weapons with him. It's uh, There's some potential there, for sure. Boys, my issue this year is kind of random, but Frankie V kind of reminded me of it. Sure. I, I, and I've never ran into it before, is I'm running out of centers. It's I have too many right wings, left wings on my squad. Never had this before. I don't know if it's anything that you guys have noticed, but Frankie V being a right wing, left wing, I was going to say that bodes well for him, but I'm at the point in my league where I'm like, Where's a strict center fella? Anyways, just something I noticed. I think it's pretty unique to you personally. It could but. be, yeah. I'm just it's probably because we do this show so much and we, we stress how much like, you know, the, the wings are weak. <laughs> yeah, so I go. just target them hard and then next thing you know you're stuck with Cam Atkinson yeah. right wing eligible. I think the second line bench. centers across the board have been pretty disappointed this year though. Yeah, not really a whole lot of depth at that position this Absolutely year. Absolutely not, yeah. unless your name's Nazem Kadri. Yeah. So who's true. who's cooled off of quite a bit, but he's still yeah. ridiculous season nonetheless. Jason Robertson just lost the puck on a shootout. Yeah, he's that was like hilarious. shit this whole OTN game. I'm just going to say it as an owner. Uh, the Rangers also <laughs> added Andrew Kopp. So, nah. like I just mentioned, Andrew Kopp moves into that Panarin, um, Stromlined, and uh, second power play unit, I believe, as well. Yeah. Uh, he, he He's a guy that, in elevated roles in Winnipeg, did show up yeah. quite often. I think he's pretty interesting. To me, I do still prefer <laughs> Frank Vitrano. I think you get a little bit more reliable shot volume yeah. uh, there, but I think Kopp is, a, is an interesting add as well. At first, when he was playing with like Barkley, Goodrow, I could have cared less. But uh, now he now with with Panarin and Strom, I think he could really get the job done. Yeah, the uh, thing is, well. like he always played a lot too, right? In Winnipeg, yeah. like, he was playing 19 minutes a night, um, scoring you know 
uh, the last two seasons, just 35 and 37 points in 57 and 56 games. Uh, and the season before that, very similar as well. So, yep. um, yeah, like that, I, it's great. And, but there's just not that upside here that we talked about with Vetrano. Like these are two guys with very similar numbers and one's been playing seven more minutes a night for the last, you know, three years. So I'm not super excited about cop. Like I said, it, in terms of like spot starts and things like that, if Vetrano's in the top six, if they're both in the top six, I'm going to be looking towards Frankie V. Um, but Kopp, I think cop's more of a, a solid, you know, um, he's a, he's a better player in real life than he is in fantasy for sure. I gotta disagree. 37 points for cop this year, 20 for Vertrano. I mean, but again, it's like, we're comparing like, yeah, I was talking like over the last yeah. six. No, months, I, yeah. I just mean, you know, cop, we're going to talk about Claude Giroux. Cop's only five points less than that. So right. But you're talking about Vertrano was playing 12 minutes a night. And no, I, get that. I just mean like, Cop has stepped back in the last. Like we're not talking about Frank Vetrano of two years ago. We're talking about Frank Vetrano. Yeah, because he's been on the fourth line, right? Playing twelve minutes a night. Yeah, I, but I, I, I do get what That's you're saying. That's my point. Is like what, Florida, what are, we've seen what Cop has to offer. Like yeah. he's been playing with Wheeler, Shifley. That's his max. We see. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, he's not going to get any. Better. I just don't exactly. think Frankie V's like. I know, but we, again, it's just the the matter of the unknown, right? Like you've seen Cop play nineteen minutes a night, and it's solid, but it's not something that you want to write home about. We've never seen Frank Petrano play. With yeah, and he's managed that. two shots a game playing twelve minutes a night. So I'm just intrigued to yeah. see him get that extra. No, it's for sure a higher ceiling. It's yeah. literally uh, all we've ever asked for. That's for all Frank I'm saying. Petrano. Personally, yeah. just much more peaked with Petrano, but obviously it could it could end up being a, a whole lot of nothing, like it's always been with him to this point. Moving on here, another winger in a very same style of play as Andrew Cop. You've got Arturi Lekkinen going to Biebs' Colorado. Avalanche. I really, really like this move as somebody, as I've talked about before, that does the breaks down every single line every single day and who's playing with who and how the numbers look. It doesn't matter what line Arturi Lekkonen plays on. The underlying numbers are outstanding. He's a terrific play driver and landing with in his first game, Nazem Kadri looks like a blessing in disguise here for Kadri as well. Uh, you know, losing to Chuchkin, I think has hurt him a little bit. And Chuchkin moving to that top line to replace Landis Clock. Lekkonen playing with Kadri, I think is going to help a lot. I think it's going to bring Kadri back to life. And I think Lekkonen could really pick up some value here down the stretch. He's a player that I've always really liked, and I think that this is a, a prime spot for him to have success. He's going to be playing a shitload. Kadri plays a ton. Beebs, you watch. Do those two top top two lines like ever really come off the ice? Like Newhook plays like twelve minutes a night. The other two lines just out yeah, there all night. They, they kind of pop in and out. It's just yeah, slowly put that third line out. Sometimes throw out Darren Helm because he skates really fast. Um, but no, <laughs> other, otherwise, if you're going to get anyone in that top six, um, they they quietly you know get those even secondary assists that make him just relevant. I'm not jumping at the bit at Lekkonen, um, but at the same time, um, as far as the trade itself goes, I, there's so many people who are stuck on Drew for Colorado. I like this a lot more for Colorado personally. It, um, Drew, you know, he is Claude Drew. He's great, but he doesn't fill the hole that I think Lekkonen does that, that you kind of need. And these are the guys you need to win playoff series, guys you can shut people down. Fantasy-wise, again, I'm going to keep an eye on it. Just wait to see. Like you said, Kadri slowed down. He's not putting up you know, top five production and points in the league anymore. Um, and with that, we might see a little bit less production around him, but that's okay. Um, again, a guy you keep an eye on, kind of just put him in there with those last two names that we talked about. Um, Would you rather have Andrew Kopp or Arturi Lekkonen? Arturi Lekkonen, um, which is, yeah. I think, just strictly because of that team around him in a way and... But I don't know. It's like the yeah. Avalanche are definitely more reliable than the New York Rangers. Yeah, yeah, because the Rangers are either going to put up six or put up yeah, negative and how, one. What's the latest on Landis Cup? He's out for the. Oh yeah, he's year. done until playoffs. Out, so. out for the yeah, playoffs, okay, that's playoffs. what I was saying. So there, uh, there's obviously potential, especially with how well Nachuskin and Kadri did for Lekkonen to even potentially get a yep, look on that 100%. top line, right? And how good of a fit would that be? Right? To, get, to get someone who's as like, great off the puck. Ooh, yeah, that makes sense too. For he sure, looks crazy. For sure, Nachuskin's had a great couple weeks. People are in your league. I think he's only at twenty something percent right now. Look at him. I'm pretty sure he has eight points. And he's been insane. And his shot, shot volume has been out. unbelievable. It's like you got it. He's playing. He played 24 plus the other night. That's D man. It's not the first time he's done it on that it's line crazy, too. Anytime yeah. he's ever got a run on that line, he's been like a point. So per that's game someone player. people really got averaging like right over four and a half yeah. or four. And I don't think that would maintain over a, a long stretch, but it just goes to show like he definitely has that in him, and he's a very opportunistic player when he's he gets huge. the opportunity. He's um, a horse. Yeah, for sure. 
I think people but, but are yeah, worried at the deadline. But yeah, certainly a possibility, right? That yeah. Lekkonen ends up playing with some big boys down yeah. the stretch. All it too. takes one injury too, and Lekkonen's like clearly a yeah. hole filler. Yeah, I, I love that move for them though. Like, I think yeah. that's such a good move, and it's just not the type of player that normally comes available at the deadline, no. like with yeah. his age. And, and a lot of people still were like, up. "Oh, you gave up a you know top pick defense." It's like, well, when you have so many, why not? Like, you're going for a cup. Why would you hang on to? Yeah your third best team prospect. I, I mean, just think he's not just, even playing over Chris. Yeah, it makes exactly. what was already such a tough line to play against even harder. And it, you know, just, it makes the top line's job that much easier. And now they really just have to figure out like the other 20 minutes of the, of the and, game. And this really and doesn't by. have anything to do. This has nothing to do with fantasy, but when Landis Cog comes back in the playoffs and now you've got Lekin in playing with Alex Newhook, yeah. it's like, how, how deep is that line? Yeah, Cause that Newhook can focus on pure offense and, yeah, no just, a, a, just a, a, and you know, obviously, I think we all like Lekkonen. We've made that very clear. But as you mentioned, if if Nishushkin's still available in your league, just to just to kind of nail down the I'd exact numbers him. that you were saying in his last four <laughs> games, he's averaged twenty three minutes and thirteen seconds a game. That's so he has much three ice. goals, three assists, six points, twelve shots on goal in four games. So averaging three shots per game and playing like almost. Oh, almost 24 minutes a night. It's just outrageous. Yeah. So, um, it, he's available. Numbers. Like, it, it's, it's, it's incredible. Silly. Every time I hear a noise, I would hear this farm right now. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? Is there another it fire? Yeah, fire. Yeah. Well, they could just be like, just this. a, just a jet land in my front yard by the sound of things. Cops show up. They're like, Hey, we heard there fire. There's a fire. We're like, no, that's just our sweet podcast. Yeah, it's the fire episode. Shake our hands and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> a fire episode from the boys. Um, Okay. Again, another guy that talk about the bagel. Similar to Lekkinen, kind of got somebody that you wouldn't really expect to come available at the deadline. Sure. And the Tampa Bay Lightning make a nice move bringing in Brandon Hagel. The gave bagel. up a shitload. Every but, man has his price. But he's very he's cost controlled. He signs through next season as well. Um, and this is the type of player that they need. Somebody that, they, that that can they can score that can play in the middle six, move up to the top line if he has to. And makes a million dollars. Like, that's what they need. This team has yeah. got, like, they need nine $1 million players to insulate the amazing talent they have on that roster. And Hagel is a perfect fit. We've seen them really struggle offensively recently. And, and it's um, it's kind of forced them to, to shuffle their lines around a little bit. And they've been moving pieces around uh, very frequently as of late. And the latest, um, they had Stamkos and Kucherov playing together. They finally broke that up and moved Stamkos back to the middle. Um, and Hagel was on the wing with, the with, with, with Stamkos and Alex Kalorn. You got the regular top line of point Kucherov Palat. And then you got Sorelli moving into more of a defensive role with Colton and Nick Paul, which Nick Paul was another terrific addition for them as well. And not a guy that's really going to have any fantasy value does not do much offensively, but a terrific, terrific two-way player. He's their new Blake Coleman. He's their new Barclay Goodrow. And we'll see what Hagel brings. If Hagel plays, you know, with Stamkos, I think that there's value there. I mean, we saw what he could do with with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. But similar to what you were saying earlier, D, about Andrew Kopp, we've seen kind of what he can do in this spot. And it, is it really going to get that much better? Like, I don't know if I need to be rushing to the wire to add him. I think it's a it's a fine pickup if he's, uh, you know, there for a streamer. But I don't think like it's no one was rushing his... when he was in Chicago. So. It was well, that's the thing. Like, and he he's might get with a... Patty Kane. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And he he was like slowly. Becoming their behind a brink cat, just a, a goal machine, and yeah, and, and its percentage was like three percent. Yeah, it just wasn't. I mean, in standard leagues anyway, for a lot of people, I think it just the goal scoring it was nice, but twenty one and fifty five with the lack of assists just wasn't enough to to justify taking that nightly that nightly dash one <laughs> that just comes with owning a Blackhawk player. Um, but but yeah, like, and I think that's probably why he stayed off our radar for most of the year as well. Um, shot volume isn't through the roof. I mean, he, sh- he was shooting 22%, uh, on ice is 12%. So there's a, a lot of red flags. I was surprised they gave up as much as you did. Obviously Brock is, as, as you mentioned, it's a much of money move as, as it is anything else. And, and guys who are performing this well and, and, you know, showing that they can score goals at the NHL level and coming with that kind of cost control, it is very rare. So Pissed that's where most of his value house. comes from. But yeah, don't look at this as like what? the next big thing that's coming out of Tampa because I don't think that's no, and, and what he's going to I be. think the one thing that's so interesting about all of the moves that Tampa Bay made this deadline was that at the start of the season, it was like, okay, here we go with um, you know the next wave of, of Tampa Bay Lightning. It's going to be the Boris Kachuk. It's going to be uh, Matthew Joseph. It's going to be Taylor Radish. And it was they were okay, yeah. but they were just okay, and they really didn't take that 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 huge next step that I think the Lightning were expecting them to take to really you know continue their their chase for a cup. So the Lightning kind of saw that 
realized it and said, okay, well, we identify Nick Paul and, and Hagel as two guys that can really help us. And they moved all three of those guys that they expected to step up that didn't. And I, I like the moves. They, yeah. the, and if there's any a te- if there's ever a team where I'm going to look at them and, and, and look at their moves and be like, I'm just going to fucking agree with everything you do because yeah, I don't think that they can make a mistake. And that was how I felt looking at the trade and you look at his underlying numbers and you see all those red flags. It's like, what am I missing here? Because it's like, it's yeah. a very smart front office here that moved a lot to get this guy on their team. And to me, like he's just red flag central. But like I said, um, I think, you know, the great percentage of that value, like you pointed out, Brock, is having that cost control and still getting some decent production out of that low of a cap hit. Yeah, you mentioned actually an interesting name there for deep, deep league picks. Up Taylor Addis. Taylor Addis yeah, for say. Chicago. One or one goal, sorry, two goals, one assist in his first three games for them. That's two power play points. And um, you, guys power play you guys know I love my junior hockey. This is a connection to Brinkat, Strom, and Radish all played together on an absolutely d- destructive Erie Otters team a couple years back. They're back together. And like you said, top power play line in Chicago never hurts. We've talked about them always having a good power play. That helps when you have Patty Kane in your lineup. Um, Second yeah. line with Jonathan Taves as well. He's averaging yeah. over 15 minutes a night. Currently 2% owned, so you can get him in basically every league. For there, for a lot of teams that can't pick up uh, Dylan Strom right now, which is kind of crazy because uh, Dylan Strom's going nuts, yeah. for one. Um, before last night, he had eight goals and six assists in nine games. I think he had an assist last night. So let's go eight goals, seven assists in his last 10. Playing PP line, line one as well over there. No haggle as well means that ice time's open to yeah. something. So that's 21 goals worth of ice time that we're seeing. Um, and Radish might be that guy to fill it right there. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. But Strom also very low owned, 27% right now. Kind of don't understand this that's one. That's what happens when you burn like – Dude, a he, massive amount of fantasy owners. So crazy. He was people. having like such a shit year, yeah. and he's at the end of his contract year too. Mm. So you'd think that as owners or the management in Chicago would be like, hey, just keep him on the third line playing 12 minutes a night, and we can re-sign him for a million dollars next year. No, we're just going to give him 20 plus, and now he's going to sign for like four and a half, and uh, that's on Chicago. But anyways, I'm fine with it as an owner. So <laughs> yeah, let's keep, let's keep letting him pump those stats in a contract year, Chicago. Thank you. He's an RFA too, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I hope we see Strom get more ice time because I felt like he's you know, they really right kind of kept the uh, the cuffs on him after he had that breakout season. Like he came back the next year and they only played him 16 minutes a night. So I hope he kind of gets a full run. I know, uh, his, like, yeah, his two way right game now. makes it a little suspect, and I think it's really what I think they're just abandoned. He yeah. also can't skate. Yeah, yeah. he can't skate right. fast. So they're like just he's the guy his... that could use Arturi Lekkonen on his wing. His legs look like those. <laughs> that was bar stools over there. We need there. to stop yeah. body shaming. Brock having one of the legs. biggest legs we've seen out there. Also, that a fresh buzz? Yeah, fresh buzz on Brock. Also <laughs> caught the me fire. Off <laughs> yeah, took Singed off his fresh singe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's. Um, did you do that, or is it, did you pay someone to do that? I paid somebody. Why okay, is cool. It not no, it looks. It looked like I thought if Rose did that, that's like the best home home uh, buzz home buzz cut I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it looks good. I was like, which way is, where's this going? Do I look like a bag of shit right now? Did you pay somebody? Just an on the podcast breakdown of. Okay, uh, let's get to some veterans that really probably don't move the needle too much. Marcus Johansson goes back to Washington. Uh, At first, I'm like, who gives a shit? Sure. Uh, But his first game, he played with uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin. So Um, you give a shit. So then all of a sudden, I was like, maybe I do give a a little bit of a shit. Um, So I think that's one worth monitoring. He actually had some half-decent numbers in Seattle. He was playing a ton. Um, It's a guy... Been in Washington before. Well, that's the thing. That's kind of what I was just going to say. Is It's a guy that they're familiar with, so it's not like... Where you just kind of get this new toy, and like let's just plug him with the top line and see what we get. They Second kind of most know- exciting MJ to come to Washington in the last twenty years. So. Well, he had his Trips best years that. there too, right? Yes. Like he's kind of been flopping around a little bit ever since. And yeah, I think you know we talked about it a few times. Like there, there's some holes in that top six this year, one year uh, which obviously broke. is not a lot like that team. So there's definitely minutes to be had. Like how many, how how often have we talked about? Uh, Sprong and Connor Sheary. Connor Sheary, the other one. Connor Sheary, oh, here's Connor Sheary playing 24 minutes at night again. Was Marcus Johansson the one that, like, Tom Wilson just ran through a few years? Like, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. He literally just broke him. It was the day after he got traded on trade deadline. Oh, yeah, I think it was. He got broken by Tom Wilson. So they're going to have a nice I I definitely remember getting hurt right after he got traded. He got traded to Boston, yeah. How about um, yeah, yeah. Moritz Sider's reverse hit the other day? Did you see that one? Yeah, because oh everyone decides to post it 800 times on Dude, every account. Dude, he is but it an was absolute great, but like, monster. It's yeah. impossible not to love him. Okay, so Johansson, I think, is somebody worth kind of keeping an eye on if he's on that top line. These next two, I could give less of a shit about still. Oh, Max sure. Domi goes to Carolina. He was on the fourth line kind tonight. Who gives a, a shit? Um, 
Yeah, his dad's from here, but his dad's. Winsor, if he moves right? up the lineup, it might turn my head. But yeah, hold on. Lineup Nothing too obviously thick. to do with a fourth liner. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like if he replaces Martin Neches on the on the line with with Vincent Trocheck, then okay, maybe. But right now he's playing with Derek Stepan and yes, Eric Cockneyemi. Oh yeah, yes, Eric Cockneyemi. They just gave him an eight-year contract. He's a fourth-line center. It's fucking insane. Were they ever teammates? I feel like they were, right? They would have been teammates in Montreal. Yes, he was teammates. Some overlap. He there. was he was teammates with Cockneyemi in Montreal, and he was teammates with Stepan in Arizona. Right. And there's somebody else that was in Arizona on that team. Oh, Antti Ranta. It was interesting tonight, actually. Apparently, um, I don't know who 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 coined the the phrase um, in Dallas, but Dallas has uh, five or six Finnish players, and they call themselves the Finnish Mafia. Nice, which I think is hilarious. But then today, um, there was some quotes out of uh, Antti Ranta, and he calls. Their Finnish group, the Finnish Mafia. Oof, so then today they played each other, and it was the battle of the Finnish Mafia. And I think the Dallas Stars have one extra. Their Mafia is a little well. bit bigger. Yeah. Um, and the Dallas Stars won. So the the I guess Finns the, are taking over, man. That's the moral of the story, dude. Okay, this isn't really like and they uh, like to join Mafia. Th- this isn't really like an important story, so I'll make it very quick. But on trade deadline day, we had one of our biggest numbers ever in terms of live traffic on the website, and at one point. Over seventy five percent of our highest traffic day ever. Fins? All fins. It Shout was like Finland. It was like over seven or eight thousand fins were on the site at one time. You love I was to like, see this it. is this is incredible. I absolutely love the fins. They uh, they support the shit out of daily face off and I hope they keep coming yeah. back for years to come. So don't really give a shit about Max Only on the fourth line. Derek Broussard goes to Edmonton. I actually kind of like this move. I thought that um, Derek Broussard actually looked pretty good in Philadelphia. Couldn't the only the only issue is that he just was never in the lineup. I think he's played what twenty one games this season, maybe something like that. Um, so if he can stay in the like lineup, 31. I think it's a nice addition for the Oilers from a real hockey perspective. From a fantasy perspective, he really offers nothing. Um, but tonight it was interesting. Only takes one move up the lineup. It's true. Yeah, like yeah, you could play with you could play with Connor McDavid or Leon, and then all of a sudden you're fantasy relevant. Um, right now he's on the third line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But like it was just interesting getting Broussard and then also getting Nuge back. It went from like looking like man, this team is in big shit to like holy fuck, they're deep again somehow. Like so, I, I like the Broussard move. I think it's I think it's going to help them a lot. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, until he goes up in that top six, he's really not worth a look. Yeah, I, I think in deep leagues, uh, you can pick him up and on the hope that he's going to move up. But otherwise, just kind of keep him on the watch list. Keep your eye on it. Uh, and you know the second he does, he's going to be a good spot start at the very For least. Sure. So. If you're in that Edmonton dressing room, what a way to get your team really going! You're just watching all the big boys pick up weapons, and you get Derek fucking Brassard. Woo! Um, that's all I got to say about that one. Just a pure role player. Um, but yeah, no no fantasy jumping here. Um, no DB for me. Kyler Yamamoto, uh, while we're talking about the Oilers, yes. has been absolutely Nails. insane lately. Um, and just speaking of moving up the lineup, it, it, it it's just taking the switch from from moving from um, Leon's wing to Connor's wing. He's still only at twenty one percent owned, which is absolutely mind blowing to me. When you like, you normally see these guys like Zach Cassian goes to Connor McDavid's wing and gets like forty percent like overnight. Um, Yamamoto has been absolute nails lately. Coming into tonight, I don't think I think they haven't scored a goal yet tonight. But coming into tonight, in his last seven games, Yamamoto has six goals and ten points. Um, the other thing, which is very unlike Kyler Yamamoto, is the sixteen shots on goal, averaging over two shots per game from Kyler Yamamoto. You don't see that normally. So this is very reminiscent to what we saw when he first was called up and he was playing with Nuge and Leon, and then he just kind of went away. And yeah. just wasn't doing anything. He was still playing 19 minutes with Leon, just couldn't do anything. And then he goes up with McDavid, and that connection really seems to have worked. And Evander Kane has been unbelievable for them. Say what you yeah. will about Evander Kane, the human being, no. but the 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 hockey player, he has been a, a phenomenal addition to that team. You got to give the credit to him as yeah. there's no, there's been no hey, we rumblings in that dressing room, right? Like everybody was like, this is a team that isn't. Like they were, at, they were kind of a fragile team at the point when they added him to the roster, yeah. and, there, and a lot of people questioned how he was going to fit in and sure. if it was even going to work. And there's been no, not I haven't heard one negative thing about yeah. Evander Kane well, in that when room. You're playing well, but when you're scoring a goal per game, it, yeah, it, it, exactly. it's, it's easy to be happy. No, it's I and yeah, I mean we have to talk about it. Obviously, we have to talk about how well he's doing. It's not our job to decide, you know, who is fit to play in the NHL yep. and who's not. It's our job to, you know, inform the listeners. Yeah, it's like of, Tony D. Yeah, exactly. We'd be doing you guys a disservice if we didn't talk about him or, or other similar guys. There's obviously guys yeah. who have off-ice issues and, yeah, you know, it's Still up to the organizations in the NHL to make those decisions and 
and at the same time, like if you have a problem and you know you, you can't stomach looking at that name on your team, like you know totally up, totally uh, that's your prerogative as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And let, let um, us who win leagues take. Yeah, let us yeah. kind of give you the info that you need, and then you guys can do with that whatever you want. So if you don't like us talking about guys like that, apologies, but we'd be doing you know the general yeah. listeners a disservice if we didn't. So. But Yamamoto been absolutely in fuego. Yes, nails. Yeah, he's ten uh, points in seven games. I just really never expected it. It was is is an interesting resurgence from Kyler because um, I was like, man, this guy plays too much. Yeah, for what he's doing. Um, Hampus Lindholm goes to Boston. I think it's a great pickup for them. He's going to play with Charlie McAvoy. Could be one of the better deep pairs in the entire NHL in terms of limiting the opposition. In terms of what he brings offensively, it's basically nothing. Yeah, um, he's yeah. going to get no power play usage. Makes Charlie he's, better. It, it, it's going to make Charlie, Charlie better. Yeah, up. but it, it, Lindholm like. I saw uh, another show post a thing about, like, who would you rather have, Giordano or Hampus Lindholm? And I'm like, neither. <laughs> Both yeah. not very good fantasy yeah. assets. No, I'm but good. I'm um, good. Giordano, if I had to pick between the two. Um, Neither. But, yeah, Lindholm, just really, he just doesn't do anything spot. offensively. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, we've seen what Lindholm is at this point, and moving to a better team isn't really going to change that. We saw what he did on some he's just shut down. good teams in Anaheim. And yeah. Very good defensive defense. Yeah, and he did, even when he got the power play tied, he was, like, topping out at half a point per game. Yeah. So there's just not a whole lot to love here. But, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome move. I wish the Leafs had the cap room to fit in a guy like that. Because, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic defenseman. I think it's a great addition, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical a about the eight-year yeah. contract. I mean... He was number. only basically like going to sign that, like that's why he wasn't staying in in, in Anaheim. But like, I'm like, man, it's a it's, it's a lot of term. I need to be 36 ticket. years old when he's done. Yeah, I uh, I felt the same way. I also was like, maybe just him and McAvoy are the greatest thing since peanut butter and jelly because there has to be something there yeah. that you're willing to give up. Well, yeah, it's a well, and you know what? We just talked about how great the Finns are, and, and there's another one. So I'm yeah. not gonna just you know. Talk, talk badly like I did about Evander Kane, sure. about Hampus Lindholm, but uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, one defenseman that is actually notable, which normally I don't even think we would have really talked about him very much, um, but Nick Letty um, Rob Job goes to St. Louis. That was a, it, it was a nice trade. I liked it. Uh, I think Wallman's very good. I think Wallman might be better than, G- than Nick Letty. Um, yeah. Also, you got Oscar, Oscar Sundquist, who already genoed last night on an open net. Yeah. Was but, that a cap dump, though? Like... Yeah, I think so. Like more than anything, just to yeah. get to open. Like up they would have like if he was a min hit, I'm sure they still would have liked to have. Sunquist oh, they wouldn't have. The yeah, they wouldn't have given up Sunquist. No, yeah, definitely but, not. It yeah. probably would have traded somebody like Logan Brown or something like that or whatever. Um, yeah, he's a good player. Good he deserves to be on a better team than Detroit. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, hey, mm-hmm. it is what it is. He sh- he's a good playoff player. Is what I mean to say. Yeah. Like he could oh, help yeah. the team a lot in the playoffs. Well, so. That's similar to like. Uh, I was like surprised he-, he was like a throw in there and not like actually someone was willing to take that hit towards. And then they were just like, "Well, we got Sunquist now, so I guess we can just trade Domestikov for a fourth because they're the same player." Sure. So uh, that worked out well. But yeah, Nick Letty. So again, I, I, I don't think it was really somebody that we ever would have really talked about. But then there was news today that Tory Krug is out week to week. And Nick Letty moved up to the top power play unit. Um, he's yeah. also playing on the top pair with Colton Pareko. So the minutes will be there. He's on the top power play unit. Again, that's kind of like, you know, you, you say top power play unit with a grain of salt when you're talking about the St. Louis Blues because it's, it's more of like a 1A, 1B situation. Sure. But um, nonetheless, he's on what is listed as the top power play unit. So um, no point so far this evening. I've just seen him do see- it before in New York. I mean, this is nothing. It's not like he's um, how we were kind of talking before in Florida. There is no one to run that power play. He used to do this. Um, so I-, I like it. Yeah, and he's on pace to play like 25 minutes tonight. So Yeah, um, I think it, I think if you're desperate for D help, like he could be worth a... Uh- Worth a flyer, um, worth a stream or two while he's while he's getting that power play time. Because yeah, you know, he's, yeah, for the next like he said, he's definitely flashed that upside before, um, and it's been a minute since he played on a team that could actually do some damage offensively. Even those Islander teams he was on was obviously he was pretty limited to just the power play production. And the Red Wings weren't very not an offensive dynamo. I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> don't no. worry, I'll take a look. Um, and then that the last name here on our list is Cali Yarncrock. Uh, again, finished. another another guy that uh, is is he really? He's Swedish. Yeah, he's he's um, yeah. Cousin, Callie is a Swedish name, but he's cousins with Elias Lindholm and like best friends oh, with yeah, Jacob that's Markstrom. Right. That's right. Swedish. Come on, get your Swedish to finish correct. Um, but yeah, he, he's he's another guy that's mostly just a de- you know a defensive role player. Like he's similar to like a, a a Nick Paul. I think he's better, but he's uh he's like a similar like he's going and doing a similar job. Right. To me, when I, when I saw the trade, to me, I thought that it was going to be uh Callie Yarncroft playing on the wing with Backlund and Coleman. I'm like, how the fuck are you ever going to score against those guys? Like sure. that's, that's the new 
Tampa Bay third line. Um, but then he went to the center. He went to center with like Toffoli and Mangiapane. Then Toffoli went to the top. Like and now they're just all over the place. Now Sean Monahan is going to be a healthy scratch tomorrow for the first time in his career. I'm Crazy. surprised it's the first time. Is he the captain? Yes. I'm surprised it's the first time just because they healthy. buried him in the bottom six. Like you think they would have sent him a message and just scratched him at one point. Getting healthy as a captain is a. Stadium. Is he their captain? I don't. It was Giordano for yeah, forever. Oh, it's it. That's him. That's I, their captain. I think they don't. I don't even know if they have one. No, uh, well, you, no, there isn't. They you don't, don't have after you get healthy. Um, Marjorie Down was their captain. Yeah, he, but he had a letter or something. But um, I'm sure he's got an A. Let's say a, a couple closing episode uh, pickups for people um, that we didn't we didn't quite cross over. Um, <laughs> one real quick was Nico Heischer, 34 percent owned. This guy with nine goals, 11 assists in his last 15 games. That's 20 points in the last 15. That's that's a that's a huge grab. Playing well, with. Yes, for Brad. Yep, let him know. Um, as well, we got um, you, we kind of mentioned him earlier in the show, but Evan Rodriguez at thirty one percent. While he's with the big boys up there up top, if you know, if we're gonna talk about Ricardo Raquel, we got to talk with the guy who's just taking that spot that we want Raquel in. Evan Rodriguez doing quite well lately, and then close to that range, Brock Nelson at thirty three percent. Another game winner tonight. So Absolutely guys, on fire. We suggested him a few weeks ago, and I think if you added him since, you probably had the goal leader in the NHL since. Um, absolute stud, and then Trev Moore always needs a shout out. 10% owned We've still. talked about Trevor Moore on every Man, episode. he's 10% owned, and, and, and he, he must have, I, I believe he got super dropped because he went on a four-game pointless streak, but then he followed it up with three straight points Just in a want row. to point that out, too. The, the, uh, the pointless streak coincided with Victor Arvidsson exactly. leaving the lineup. Victor Arvidsson returns to the lineup tonight, and he's doing it. Well, Trev's even in the last couple of games been right back to it. So, you know what? Just making us happy on the show. And then finally, quick shout-out. This guy's only 15% owned. I dropped it earlier, but Alex Kerfoot, he has... 44 points, as mentioned, tied now with Claude Giroux. Um, and if this guy's at 15% owned, if you can plug this guy in your lineup on nights when you have the extra spot as a plug-and-play, that is just phenomenal. He's a plus 15. He's not going to hurt you like like Hagel, the bagel will we talked about earlier when he played for Chicago. How many Chicago. times has this guy called him the bagel? Because it's amazing. It's the best nickname ever. But yeah, 10 goals, 34 assists, 86 shots on goal for Alex Kerfoot. Worth a deep look. I, I just want to, if you want to say something about Kerfoot? Yeah. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that with Andre Crazy, Cash man. looking like Andre Cash is going to be a uh, long-term-ish again, um, it, it, it's very dependent. Alex Kerfoot's fantasy value is very dependent on where he is in that lineup. And when he's with um, Tavares and Nylander, he's had a lot of success this year. And that's where he is with Cash out. So, um, yeah, like when he's there, I, he's definitely worth a streaming turn. Yeah. I just wanted to mention uh, a goalie real quick. Uh, Hit me, if baby. we did this last week, I would have said Eric Chalgren, and he's already up to above 30% owned, and who knows who how that situation is even going to look. Down this stretch. But yeah, if Chalgren's available, I still think Absolutely. that's worth a flyer as well. You're yep. potentially getting a decent amount of Maple Leaf starts out of him uh, until Jack Campbell returns. I, I would be surprised if they go back to Mrazek um, after just because Mrazek won that game. Because like I said, Chalgren looked pretty solid for a few games now. So still I would think they go to Chalgren back to Mrazek and kind of try to split it a little bit. But we'll see. Better call Chalgren. Yeah, you better. Nailed um, that. But well, no, the guy I really wanted to just point out was Nico Dawes. Yeah, D's um, boy. He's not lighting the world on fire, but he is starting like literally every single game for the Devils, who aren't the best team. Uh, but they do put on some good performances. And more than anything, he's been really reliable and that he's played well in kind of the more favorable matchups and just bench him when he's playing against a top five to 10 team because he's, he's probably going to get shelled. But yeah, yeah, he's just been starting so much and he's available in 92% of leagues right now. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, cause yeah, like I said, even, even a bad goalie like that, if for me anyway, my whole team is just decimated, like Bennington and Campbell were my starters at the beginning of the year. So I'm just trying to scrap together goalie stats any way I can. I've thrown away any hope of winning the splits in a given week and just look for wins and maybe the odd shout out from my boy, Eric Chalgren. Um, but, but yeah, so Dawes yeah. is perfect for me. And if you're in that kind of situation where your goalies are struggling and you don't give really much of a care about splits, you just want to get some more games into your lineup. Dawes is playing a ton right and, now. And ex- <laughs> say after the trade deadline more than ever now, you can see those teams. There are eight teams that you do not touch. Yeah. Don't put them in. But yeah. the other 24? Yeah, he can play. Consider it. Put them in. Brock, what do you got for us? No, I was just going to say, the Devils are making daily face-off look fucking stupid because every back-to-back, I'm like, hey, it's got to be John Gillies tonight. And then they're like, right back to Nico, goes baby. back in. Yeah, why? I, it doesn't make sense. Dude, he started the, like three straight back-to-backs. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's That's what I mean. Nuts. So they got Washington and Montreal coming up. Um, obviously, that Montreal game would be awesome. Mm-hmm. It'd be less awesome if he starts in Washington the night before. But The only, I guess, issue, might happen. even Washington now is not that much sure. scary as it was. Yeah. The only issue that I, that, that, that could arise um, so. with Nico Dawes, and, and as long as he's 
he's still on well, the active. The big issue that he plays for the Devils, but yes, otherwise. Well, the, they did trade for Andrew Hammond at the deadline. Yeah. Um, and to me, that is kind of a move that is just to like, okay, we're just going to put Andrew Hammond and, and, and Gillies in net and, and, and maybe send Dawes down just to play. Like, maybe. I, I don't know if it's I personally, I mean, if we're speculating, I saw it more as like, so we don't have to play Dawes every single well, game. Well, and, 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 and that's what it could be, exactly. Because like, why would you want to burn out a you know, 24-year-old or whatever he is? 100%. Could actually serve as a decent backup down the line once Blackwood kind of gets healthy, right? So, yeah, yeah I think he's still going to be playing a lot of games, or at the very least he is right now. So for him to be as available as he is is pretty crazy. And I think if he was getting this run of play, again, he hasn't been fantastic, but if he was getting this many starts a few months ago when people are a lot more active and you don't have, uh, you know, 25% of your uh, of your fantasy managers kind of out of it already, uh, that own ship would be up a lot. So, yeah, Nico Dawes is a great source of starts right now. That's going to do it for Season 7, Episode 29 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. Again, uh, apologies, I guess, that we couldn't do a show yesterday, but, you know, sometimes... Uh bigger things in life than fantasy hockey podcast so uh yeah that's gonna do it thank you guys so much for tuning in as always we'll see you guys back here next week we're getting real real close to the playoffs here yeah let's burn this one to the ground and call it a day What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.